The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely those of the program's contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the University of Alabama. Thank you so much for listening to Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Backstories. My name is Kevin. And my name's Lizzie. Bless Our Hearts, Alabama Quilt Backstories is a podcast about the stories of queer people living in Alabama. On this episode, we're talking with Alex about his experiences as a queer activist in Alabama. Um, So thank you for being a part of Bless Our Hearts. And I think we'll just start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, the name you use, pronouns you use, and if you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and your identity and stuff like that, that would be wonderful. Oh, man. All right. Well, yeah, my name is Alex Reeder. Uh, My pronouns are they, them, or he, him. I graduated from the University of Alabama in spring of 2017, uh, which is a minute ago at this point. (laughs) Um, And now I, in a very circuitous way, have found myself back in Montgomery, Alabama, working here uh, as an environmental engineer for a uh, car manufacturer and sort of rediscovering or strengthening my love for queer organizing in the South. Um, We can talk about, yeah, yay. Um, Not really where where I saw myself, I guess, two years and some months ago. Um, but you know, it's all part of the the journey that we find ourselves on, especially living in the South and navigating sort of what that means for our queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, I identify as trans masculine non-binary person. So um, that's been something that I have sort of thought about and, you know, really delved into like what are the implications of being a white masculine person, you know, perceived, as a man now by the majority of the people I interact with on a daily basis. Like, what does that mean for me? How do I want that to affect me, if at all? Um, So that's been a really interesting journey for myself. Um, I also identify as queer. Uh, So yeah, just, you know, going to Alabama, discovering, you know, what queerness and transness meant for me and sort of branching off of that, what it meant to organize in this place um, and then finding myself back here, not unintentionally, you know, it was very, <laughs> a very intentional decision that I made to come back here. So um, I guess, I guess that's it for now. Okay. You, awesome. You said, that, uh, you said that you find yourself now in a much different place than you were two years mm-hmm. ago. Uh Right. Can you tell us what you were like a couple of years ago, what you're like now, yeah. and how that, that transition between the two happened? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned transition. Like, in the yeah, literal I that. sense. I, I hate yes. puns. I hate puns. And I, I think that, was that a pun? I think but I love pun. puns. Puns are very on brand for me. So. I hate when I <laughs> That Kevin loves be... puns. He also doesn't really know what they are. So. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll do my best to make as many puns as possible. <laughs> Yay! Oh, oh, no. Well, I'll do my best to edit this interview up so it oh, sounds great. like okay. <laughs> Just a lot of bleeping. A lot of, like, dubbing over. <laughs> yeah, when he said you could say whatever you wanted to, he should have said you can cuss, but puns. don't make puns. We will bleep those. So... Well, <laughs> I believe we've reached an impasse. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the changeover, the changeover that happened over the course of those <laughs> ten years. 
Where'd you um, start? Where'd you end up and how'd you get there? Yeah. So two years ago, I guess two and a half, essentially at this point, um, I was, uh, you know, reaching the end of my uh, leadership tenure in Spectrum at UA. Spectrum is the LGBTQ plus student organization at the university. Um, and that really shaped my experience at Alabama. Uh, and I was in the middle of a job search where I was focusing primarily on Boston and the Northeast um, for you know various reasons. And part of it was like this idea that as queer people, there's this goal to leave the South. It's like there's this grass is greener haven, whether it's the Northeast or the Pacific Northwest or California or any number of places where it is better than the South. And I think I unknowingly or subconsciously sort of adopted that narrative when it wasn't what was best for me. Um, and, you know, I, at the time I was like gung ho about Boston. Um, you know, my partners was up there and that was where I thought I should be. Like, even though the thought of being around any kind of Boston sports fan just <laughs> is so unappealing to me. Um, but I was going to do it. It was going to be great. You know, I talked to people from, you know, I passed sort of lives and past spheres and this overarching narrative was, oh, you know, you're going to love it there. It's going to be so much easier there. It must have been so hard for you to be in Alabama. You know, it's people are just so much better up there. And that when I, you know, initially started hearing and bear in mind, I went up to a job interview up there, a full day of interviews where one of the people at this company, I think she was an HR person, um, essentially asked me like in like coded phrasing, like, so what's it like to be queer in Alabama? I think she used like, what's the community like there? Mm. I was like, oh, idioms, got it. You know, you <laughs> Um, I think a lot of people are curious, though. I mean, especially if you're not from the South, you know, you get this right. feeling of the South being, you know, the barefoot, racist, homophobic rednecks. And there are some. It's like, it's <laughs> but, like yeah, when people say, oh, it must have been so hard. Like, you know, you got out alive. It's like, well, no. Like, there are so many people. And like, over the time that I spent at UA, I learned about all the incredible people in Alabama working really, really hard to build this community. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, my experience bearing in mind that I'm like a white masculine of center person, um, my experience was positive in the sense that there were a lot of difficult times, but the community that I found in the South, um, you know, the, the solidarity that was built up in those dark times helped me through and helped me discover my own, you know, strength as a queer person, as a trans person. Um, but when I would get people time after time saying, oh, it must have been hard, things will be so much better in, you know, Boston or wherever, it started rubbing me the wrong way because, I mean, people have, it's the, and I've, I've learned this more recently too, or I've sort of re-ingrained this and sort of shifted my perspective, um, from the per perspective that was bestowed upon me. Um, <laughs> Like, there are queer people thriving in the South who have been thriving. You know, there are a lot of negative stories, but there are also a lot of positive stories. 
and people stay here because they want to and because you know their homes are here our homes are here and we shouldn't have to leave like i've learned more recently that alabama is a really queer state and the south is the most queer region by population density in the country like Mm -hmm. and all these all these people in the northeast or i guess i'm just using them as the this example but i think people from these metropolitan areas these you know quote unquote like liberal safe havens i guess i don't think that narrative is being portrayed and you know that's not unintentional that is intent like the the absence of this narrative or you know the uh ignoring of it the pushing it aside to uh portray that backwards redneck sort of trope um you know is largely intentional so i think mm-hmm. once i was able to discover that for myself and it it really shifted when somebody else like left alabama to go up to somewhere sort of seen as that grass is greener place once i saw that someone else who I really respected and this does not take away from my respect for them but Mm -hmm. you know they left I was like well wait a minute I don't know that I'm ready to leave Mm -hmm. you know I don't know if I'm ready to leave this work that I have come to love over the past you know four or five years at the time I don't know if I'm ready to um, sort of not give up on Alabama but give in to this narrative that isn't truly what's best for me at the time right you know at that time Mm-hmm. And still isn't, obviously, because I'm still here. <laughs> um, and I think I've become even more invested in Southern queer organizing since I've been here. So I think that's a testament to how this work is being done, but trying to combat the uh, the dominant narrative that you know our goal as queer people in Alabama should be to get out that you know that doesn't help anyone who's trying to you know make the South better and again like people have reasons for leaving I don't discount those everyone's experiences are different and if leaving is what you need to do by all means like it is hard out here you know it's like every Every day, it seems we're hearing about one story after another, one news article about someone in power saying something homophobic or racist or transphobic or xenophobic. It it is hard. (laughs) Alabama is not doing us any favors on an institutional level, on a governmental level, um, but there are also really strong people here trying to make that better. Um, So for me... You know, 2017 me thinking that, you know, I'd sort of put a bow on my queer Alabama lifetime, um, then sort of that summer post-graduation really shifting my my idea of what I needed to do mm-hmm. as I grew as, you know, a queer person, a, tran- per- a trans person and an organizer, because that thought also crossed my mind. I was at a point in my job search where I was like, what if I just went into queer organizing? Like, what if I just didn't even use this chemical engineering degree and just, you know, started working at an LGBT youth center? What if I did that? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I think at that point, I realized that this was more than just a university student group experience. Um, I think it was it was more deeply ingrained in my journey. Um, and then, of course, my cosmic mother would say, oh, well, then Jupiter went into your first house and, 
you know, that brings <laughs> a lot of changes. And so all of these things allowed for the perfect storm to form. Um, and now I find myself in Montgomery, Alabama, like working with organizing initiatives, doing essentially the same thing that y'all are doing right now. So it's just, I think it's definitely come full circle for sure. What kind of organizing are you doing now? So lovely that you should ask. Uh, <laughs> um, so I am part of uh, this organization called Hometown Action, which is a grassroots organizing uh, group, I guess, that organizes for a variety of initiatives across the state of Alabama from, um, you know, gender and race inequality to environmental justice, um, economic sustainability, uh, essentially trying to bridge the vast rural-urban divide that exists in the state. Um, but we have people in every single fight you can imagine. It's incredible um, what our volunteers across the state are doing. Like this, uh, the Carbon Hill mayor kerfuffle, where he basically said uh, that the, like, the solution for the, the quote-unquote gay problem is to kill them out. I think I'm, I might be paraphrasing that. But, you know, essentially condoning the murder or the extermination of queer people. Um, Did you say Carbon Hill as in yeah. Walker County? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I went to high school. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Mayor Mark Chambers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it hasn't changed much. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> so when people say that they need to leave Alabama, like I get it because we have people like Mark Chambers and Carbon Hill saying stuff like that, you know, um, but almost immediately hometown action responded and we've had people in Carbon Hills city council meetings every single time since that story broke. I think it was just a couple months ago. It was mm-hmm. really recent, uh, but yeah. we've had the pressure on, we've been calling for him to resign. Um, you know, he has been very uh, uncooperative, um, but that's just an example of like the quick, you know, direct response sort of campaigns that we've launched. But as part of that, uh, I'm in a queer organizing cohort and we've started uh, Our Queer Alabama. Follow us on Instagram um, <laughs> at Our Queer Alabama. And what we're doing is collecting stories from people about what it means to be queer in this state or queer in the South or what it means to have LGBTQ loved ones in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, this narrative that queer folks in Alabama don't exist or, you know, are all miserable or shouldn't even be regarded as real people because we're just this abstract ethereal concept um, that's what we're trying to reclaim. We're trying to reclaim our own stories and put faces to all of the experiences that we're having. Um, because although it shouldn't be this way, I've found that, you know, the sort of general Alabama population is more likely to be kind and compassionate if you're able to make that personal connection. Um, mm-hmm. In my experience that this is not a place where you can, you know, get on a bullhorn and yell at people to stop killing black trans women because there's no personal, there's not that personal connection. But if you meet them where they are and you say, you know, hi, I'm Alex. I work with you or with your relative at this plant. I love the tide like, I like to cook and do mud runs and play, you know, softball on Sundays. Also, stop killing black trans women. Like, they're, <laughs> like they're more 
likely to at least entertain the thought that queer and trans people exist and you know our agency should be at least respected mm-hmm. um and so we've we've been collecting these stories at all of the pride festivals around the state and i'll have you know there are a bunch there are so many alabama prides y'all wouldn't even believe <laughs> we went to them all awesome um, yeah so that's cool and just trying to get all these angry queer people to talk to each other you know like mm-hmm. there are so many of us trying to get everyone together and build this network so when it comes time to start pushing for city level non-discrimination ordinances or even you know maybe something state level mm-hmm. we have these networks to say y'all live in tuscaloosa you know what your community needs this is what we did in Montgomery, but y'all are going to be better suited to carry this out in your hometown. So it's been it's been really formative for me, sort of in that uh, that transition thing, <laughs> uh, from where I was in college to now, sort of where I am as a post college organizer. I guess awesome. if somebody finds themselves in a place with a shitty politician or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a you know a homophobic administrator of some kind is do you encourage them to get in touch with you yeah absolutely i mean we right now we are just (laughs) very thin on uh people power (laughs) you know it's 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 this thing where every issue is so urgent and we're we're trying to battle that sense of burnout because Mm -hmm. Like we said, it's like every day something new comes up. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have people all over the state. So even if people just need community and need to know that there are other people who can empathize and uh, give them space to talk about what they're experiencing or you know, need support, we're more than happy to, uh, you know, make space for that. Uh, but, you know, internally, we're trying to navigate this, uh, the, the sense of urgency that seems to exist with everything. But we're all volunteers who unfortunately can't devote, you know, 40 hours a week to these things. Um, and I mean, Lizzie, I'm sure you understand <laughs> the struggle. <laughs> yeah, the struggle's real. Yeah. But I do think that it's nice to know that there are grassroots organizers and people who are advocating for the interest of queer people across the state. Yeah. So for people who are in places like Carbondale, where, mm-hmm. Carbondale, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, where these types of things happen, mm-hmm. it's nice to know that even if it feels like you're alone, that you're not really. And right. to have that that lifeline out there of like, I can reach out to these people. And they may not be able to fix the situation, but they can stand with me in solidarity. Right. Um, so how could yeah. uh, how could somebody get in touch with you if they need to? Yeah. So we are um, on all social media. I think at Hometown Action. That's the uh, the larger organization. And then uh, on Instagram, we're at Our Queer Alabama. Um, and we we've gotten a couple of troll messages, so we know we're like making waves. You know. <laughs> It's that old saying, like, you know, you don't, you, you haven't made it until you start getting hate mail or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please message us. Um, I don't know. We're so bad at technology. Like, I'd like to say that we have everything linked and you can just click one thing and get to all of our different email accounts and this, that, the other. But we're just like, <laughs> we are finally checking our DMs after like eight months of being active. That's not true. Like four months of being active. Um, slowly but surely. We're uh, 
becoming technology literate. Um, but yeah, I think Instagram, follow us, and you can see all these cute stories of queer Alabamians living their lives, especially during Pride. You know, it was so cute. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like something that uh, you're doing good work, and a lot of times it seems to be fun as well. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun collecting the stories, and we got to a point, the last Pride we did was uh, Montgomery, which uh, coincidentally was sort of our home Pride. We haven't come to Druid City Pride yet. We're coming. <laughs> we'll be there, but sort of in the June uh Pride um, Marathon. The last right. one we did was Montgomery. And so we would try to collect email addresses. But a lot of the people there were people we'd already talked to in Troy and Auburn. Um, or were people who were like, oh, wow, we saw you on Instagram on our Explore page. So, like, <laughs> hey, still give us your email address. Um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, sort of catching up with everyone that already knows about us, but we don't necessarily know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of cool. Also, it was real hot, so <laughs> yeah. morale was low. Hopefully, it won't be that hot in October. You know, we like to say that, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll be listening to this in October. Right. <laughs> thinking, it'll oh, be 90 degrees. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, collecting the stories is real nice, and it's nice to be able to combat the, you know, the Carbon Hill mayor sentiments and the, mm-hmm. oh gosh, just everything that you hear about coming from Alabama. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm glad there are people like you doing that, especially, you know, we're we're at the University of Alabama, and there's at least some support system here, but I think a lot of people out in the rural areas mm-hmm. um, that aren't near a college town can can feel considerably more isolated than, than those of us that live somewhere like this. Yeah, I mean, we, oh man, so we went to our first Pride as an officially launched Our Queer Alabama campaign was in Troy, and it was their first Pride, Trojan Pride this year in 2019 was the first pride <laughs> they'd ever had just making sure we all know what year we're in um, yeah. and it was i think they said if you drew a circle that was 50 miles in diameter with troy at the center it was the closest pride to all of those areas as well so like that gives you an idea of yeah the, sort of the physical and really the emotional magnitude of what they were able to do and it was run so well Shout out to Grant. He did that. Um, but we met met like gay farmers who, you know, ran these farms with their partners and had their kids and like brought their kids to Trojan Pride and were excited to be talking to other queer adults because they have to homeschool their kids and they don't really get to talk to a lot of people out of fear that they'll lose their business or like partners might lose their jobs uh, Mm -hmm. elsewhere and it was just so neat to see just us being there um, and having like I think we had a conversation with one guy as we were leaving we knew we wanted to talk to him Um, we had a conversation in the parking lot of Trojan Pride for like an hour and a half. And it was so nice and affirming that what we're doing is important. Because um, mm-hmm. you could just tell like these people don't really have anybody to talk to. But once they get talking, they have a lot to say. <laughs> it's just a matter holding of, it in for a while. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine like you, your partner and your kids. But like, that's it. Right. In these rural areas, 
like you said, there aren't nearly the number of resources that these folks need um, really on an emotional level. So yeah, I think just seeing that and seeing all the people who came out, um, it was really cool. And it was a team effort for sure. Like all the folks who have been able to organize with have been incredible. Um, several University of Alabama products, uh, folks that went there with me. Funny enough, we didn't ever really talk or hang out while we were at UA together, but then we all ended up in Montgomery and we're like, oh, hey, you kind of experienced the same thing I did, but we have <laughs> slightly different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you mentioned one like awful event and we're like, oh yeah, we, we all remember that, you know? So mm-hmm. it's that shared trauma that really brings you together. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but being in that space allowed me to like be in Spectrum and lead in Spectrum, which was great. We loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got to meet and hang out with Lizzie, which is great. We loved it. <laughs> you know, and now I, I'm just an alum who tells people, you know, back in my day, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what I've become. Um, and it's given me space to realize that this is where I need to be for at least the next like three years. I don't know. Okay get past tomorrow we'll figure it out you know yeah um but so good oh uh speaking of being an alum you're a part of the lgbtq alumni association right i sure am would you like to tell us about that i sure would yay (laughs) yay so uh as of i don't know probably last year um we have an lgbtq alumni association for the university of alabama that is very exciting because uh, we've never had one before. So now, um, anyone who's might be listening to this and is not joined, uh, we will hopefully be able to uh, get a scholarship endowed for queer students. Um, not sure of the specific criteria for that. It's called the 1983 Fund or Scholarship. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm such a bad executive member. I don't even know the name of our scholarship. Get it together. I know. <laughs> I'm the university relations co-coordinator. That's it. Ah. That's me. <laughs> so I just, I try to uh, relate to the university. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, but, you know, there has been in some way, shape or form, a queer student organization at UA since 1983. Mm-hmm. So... Spectrum and its previous iterations is the oldest such organization in the SEC. Wow. So Rotad. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. So we turned 30 my first year at UA. I remember mm-hmm. because we had a Spectrum birthday party and it was real cute. <laughs> um, so when people are like, oh, you know, like queer organizing in the South is so, you know, new and such a recent development. It's like, no, it's not. It's mm-hmm. been happening. You know, people want to check out the Invisible Histories Project. Shout out to Josh Burford and Megan, whose yeah. last name I can't remember. Um, like, they've been archiving these pieces of queer history in the South, and I think specifically in Alabama. And it mm-hmm. goes back like many, many, many years. You know, I can't think of an actual concrete number, but a really long time. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's really neat. And what we as alumni are trying to do in our infancy is basically, you know, support everyone at UA uh, as best we can in ways that queer students, faculty, staff, support people, everyone cannot do, you know, from their I guess, place in the, the university web. Right. So Mm -hmm. as we've seen with the Greek organizations, alumni can have 
a lot of influence. So we are <laughs> trying to use that to help our good friends at UA. Um, we're going to be having really cute events, especially at homecoming. This, Yay. I don't know what's specifically happening, but all I've heard is, I think it started off as category is Miss Terry. Uh, <laughs> but now it's category is Bama. Um, okay. And I think it's going to be at Icon the Friday before homecoming, I think. Okay. Um, which I think is like the 25th I think, uh, of October. And mm-hmm. that's going to be really fun and really cute. And at this point, I think we're trying to, I guess I'm, I'm trying to do this uh, as university relations person, just give students or allow students to understand that queer alumni are here. You know, we're here, mm-hmm. we're queer. Like, <laughs> we, we want to help. We want to be a resource. Um, but I also know after doing campus organizing that it's sometimes easier to just like put your blinders on and do it because you're in it every day and you know what has to happen. And it's very mm-hmm. difficult to keep people who are not directly in the the university bubble apprised of everything that's happening and all the new developments that come up every like five minutes. Um, right. But I think slowly will allow them to see that, you know, we, we're here and we want to help. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like knowing what we need to and knowing what they need help with so it's really cool and i hope that we are able to endow our 1983 i'm gonna say it's fun that might not be right i don't know um hopefully we're able to get it endowed there's some process that we have to do um that's all financial related um, cool. i don't do that but it's really fun and Yay. i hope that we get more membership this year and we can expand and i would love for us to have a bunch of like gay football viewing parties that mm-hmm. is my aesthetic that, like, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. From like the moment I got to UA, I had football viewing parties and I invited all my gay friends and it was great. <laughs> so that's what we need. Like, could you imagine like the Montgomery chapter of the alumni association, which is like the machine 2.0, the remix, um, <laughs> but also having like a cute little queer viewing party, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I think that would be nice. Yeah. I'd go. Oh, all in my own. Yay. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's all the stories I have. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking to us. I really enjoyed it. Of course. Thank yeah. you for having me. This was fun. Thank you all very much for listening to Bless Our Hearts. We're putting this podcast out in observance of LGBTQIA plus history month. We'll be putting out new episodes throughout the month of October. So if you don't want to miss one, go ahead and subscribe now. This podcast is brought to you by the Safe Zone Resource Center and the Center for Instructional Technology at the University of Alabama. The Safe Zone Resource Center provides educational outreach, community support programming, and crisis intervention resources for queer folks at UA and their allies. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so by email at safezone at ua.edu, or you can follow us on social media on Facebook or Instagram at at UASafezone. If you're a faculty member on the campus of the University of Alabama and you need some help with instructional technology, uh, in particularly anything related to Blackboard, you can get in touch with the Center for Instructional Technology. We're located in A203 Gordon Palmer Hall. You can get in touch with us by phone at 205-348-3532, or you can reach us by email at cit at ua.edu. 